Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. For another episode of Believe in Kentucky, got AG Aaron Gershaw. My name is Benny Hardy. Y'all know AG from the Cats Pause coming to y'all here on Believe.com where you can get every episode of this podcast. B L E A V.com, number one content network for professionals. You can hear our recaps, our previews. We got all kinds of stuff coming up for football season, man. AG, you down there in Florida, in Gated Country. Yeah. What's the scene, man? How's everything going? Yeah, man, it's good. I was going to try to record a cool spot outside, Ben, uh, you know, the stadium, but it's raining, so that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> but uh, it's Florida. You know how it goes here. But, man, I'll tell you, on the flight down from Nashville this morning, a uh, lot of Kentucky fans on the flight ready to go. I sat next to the mother of Dante and – and uh, Dest- uh, not Dante, I'm thinking – Man, it's been a long week. Destin and Keaton Wade. Um, so that that was cool to talk to her. She was very proud of the hit uh, Keaton made uh, against Miami, Ohio last week. So that was fun. A lot of good Kentucky fans. And uh, just going into Publix here, they're, they're here, man. It's it's going to be fun. But, uh, man, it, it feels like a huge freaking game for the second one of the season. Uh, the, the stakes are high given what Florida was able to do last week. Yeah, they knocked off Utah. I'm I'm just up here in South Carolina. I'm in Hilton Head. This rain is here too. <laughs> everywhere, everywhere with palm trees, it's raining. Yeah, um, but yeah, you mentioned the, the Wade twins. Their mom is all in. They were they were flying the UK flags at their play yeah. high school last year. So um, definitely good to see the the Kentucky presence. Uh, and you mentioned it feels like a big game for the second week of the season. It's kind of deja vu because last year, all you heard, Kentucky-Missouri, week two. Yeah, it was a big game then. All last summer, same thing, week two, Missouri. So here we are a year later now, week two, Florida, and it's that same same kind of vibe, I guess. It, it really is, and probably the stakes are even higher because, I mean, the expectations for Missouri, I, I don't exactly remind. I, I knew they were supposed to be a middle of the pack SEC East team, and really after Kentucky went four and four and star five and six during the COVID year, no one really knew exactly uh, where Kentucky was going to be at. I don't think everyone had them as a ten win team last year. So, but now, man, I mean, Kentucky's the you know the team that everyone's kind of picked at least the majority of SEC media picked to finish second in the East, and Florida was kind of and including myself. I mean, I'll put my hand up. I had them fifth in the East. I mean, I just didn't. It's so hard to get a read when it's a new coaching staff and you just saw, you just saw like a Florida just didn't feel like Florida last year. They just didn't have the same talent as they normally do, and that was you know kind of what rode Dan Mullen out of town. Is he just you know he's not much of a recruiter anymore. He just kind of wants to coach ball, and like that'll work in the NFL. But that, that's not going to work at the college level. So that's kind of what wrote him out of here. So, um, but Billy Napier from, you know, what we saw in a, you know, a big game, small sample size, but big game. I mean, they seem much more organized. They seem their offense definitely seemed a lot, um, a lot cleaner. Obviously, Anthony Richardson was out incredible. 
Um, it just makes you wonder how the hell he wasn't starting last year uh, over Emory Jones. No offense to Emory Jones, but man, uh, it's a night and day difference at the quarterback position for him. So, yeah, I mean, this is a game where, and you look at what Georgia was able to do. Uh, I mean, who knows how good good or not Oregon is, but you you just see a 49-3 score to open the year, and you're like, man, you can't – this is a tough game to slip up because you don't want to – yeah, you just don't want to lose an East game this early, and obviously it, it just means a lot for momentum. I mean, I understand that Kentucky's got uh, Youngstown State and Northern Illinois the next two weeks, but, you know, this could, this could springboard things to – you know, kind of like we saw in 2018 where they got that win and they didn't put take the foot off the gas for a while, or it could go the other way, kind of like when they lost um, in 2019 and they ended up picking it back up and injuries played a role, but, you know, they lost to Florida at home and then they lost the next week at Mississippi State and the next week at South Carolina. So you just, you way rather win this game than not, um, but it's a tall task. I'll let Roman Harper tell it. Yeah. It's gonna go that way. It is gonna be Florida winning handily. Kentucky mm-hmm. is soft, and Anthony Richardson is the next best thing since Cam Newton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, and I think, look, I really like Anthony Richardson. Like, as a as a fan of an NFL team that's gonna need a quarterback next year, he's like he's been at the top of my list. Like, even over Will, just I think he might uh, translate a little better to the NFL, but. To the Cam Newton and Vince Young comparisons after one freaking game. That and that was his first start. His first start. Like and again, like I've I've been on two two Florida two different Florida uh themed podcasts had me on this week, and I told him the same thing. I think the world of the kid, but let him have a let him have half a season. Like <laughs> it's one game. And um I, I think I think it, it does help that Kentucky's got DeAndre Square, I think this is a big game for DeAndre Square and Jacquez Jones because they've seen it all. Uh, they have eight years of starting experience under that belt. Uh, they'll have the eye discipline, and I think that'll help kind of guide the younger guys too. And same with Jordan Wright. It's huge yeah. to get Jordan Wright back this week. I'm sure we'll touch on that. But uh, the more veterans you have, the better. And luckily, uh, the Kentucky's front seven uh, is pretty experienced. Uh, it's just a game where, you know, you got to keep them in the pocket and then hope – you know, the corners can do their job. And I think I think you feel pretty good about the front seven and at least limiting the run as much as possible. But the problem is he's got a cannon for an arm and it's accurate. And that's where, for me, like Carrington Valentine, Kedron Smith, Tyrell Asian, it's got to be a big night for those guys. Yeah. Now, is he consistent? I mean, we, we don't have a lot to go on. He's got the cannon. Right. He's got the highlights. Can he consistently – as Hank Stram said, matriculate the ball down the field on you. Can he do that without making mistakes? Or will, uh, you know, going up against a veteran defense, especially front seven, can they get him to make some mistakes? That's, I say, make him beat you with his arm still. Yes. And we'll see if he can do that. Yeah, they have to make him beat him with his arm. And I think think that's – I think the running – that's a God-given ability, right? I mean, we saw it with Lamar. We saw it with – Trace McSorley, they were kind of rushers first, mm-hmm. and then they developed into better passers later in their college career. And again, Anthony Richardson's only a redshirt sophomore who's playing, who just started his first game. So um, I think he only threw for about 168 yards. I know there were some highlight real plays in there, like the, that two-point conversion was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can make him throw from the pocket or at least – 
just not letting them go east south on you make them go you know north uh, make them go south north south instead of uh east west i i, I think that's that's definitely what you want uh because he could beat you with his legs all he needs is green grass i mean that's you know you can't really teach that um but you you know the the, the discipline on decision making and just executing throws especially because you know outside of their slot receiver they're pretty young at receiver and they're not necessarily like Dane Key and Barry on Brown, where you just look at those guys and go, man, they don't look like freshmen, especially Key. Mm-hmm. I mean, Key is like he's like a vet. It feels like, and I think uh, the spring uh, spring season really helped for him. So um, if you can make them throw it, um, yeah, the better because he will beat you on the ground. There's no doubt about that. And they have, they have a three pretty good running backs too. They you got to give them credit for beating Utah. They Absolutely, had to, they had to eat that out. You know, it, it was. It, it was dicey. They got the dub. I'm not. They got yeah. They got the dub, and you, yeah. Who knows if Utah's quarterback isn't a dummy at the end of the game? <laughs> exactly. I mean, like Stoops always says, they don't have to apologize for that win. I'm just saying. So uh, they got the win. A lot of people had Utah beating them, so they they pulled off the upset, if you will. For the sure. Po- the posters were definitely sold. They stole. <laughs> Twenty five yeah. that they they're able to get into the their you know, top fifteen oh, team now, you know when they were thirty seven not at twelve but uh, we we'll see there what wow still yeah, I think- over you know going into Saturday so uh, but Kentucky's not Kentucky's it's, it's Kentucky's not scared to go down there they wanted no. eighteen uh, should have won the year Boom Williams oh, yeah, should have won that been game. broken. So it's it's not like and, and there's still guys on that team that have won in this environment. So it's it's the whole narrative is flipped as far as it's not 73-7 Spurrier domination anymore. No, and they I mean 2020, they deserved to lose that game. They had a bad year. Yeah. They should have won in 2019 at home. Yeah. They should have won in 2017 at home. So really, you know, you're looking at the last, I guess that's five matchups. They should be four and one. Yeah. Uh they're really two and two, obviously. So um or two and three if you count yeah two and three when they should be th- four and one so it, it's a very frustrating series um obviously uh but this year just feels different it feels like <sighs> Kentucky is like they expect to win and the fans expect to win uh that's never been the case I don't even think last year I think I think last year everyone kind of saw that they were overrated I mean they came in 10th and we all know how the, the year crashed and burned after the Kentucky game mm-hmm. um but you know they played Alabama really well the week before so I, I don't think anyone really expected Kentucky to win that game just given the week before Kentucky barely beat Chattanooga uh, and they were able to pull that game out and that was obviously um a lot of you know you got to give Kroger field the fans credit eight false starts. You're not going to have that luxury this time. So, but I, I, there's a different, like you said, uh, Kentucky's not afraid. There's a different type of confidence uh, this time around than in years past, but, um, and the Florida hype, I mean, <laughs> they're, they're ranking. I think part of that is there's so much gray area between four and 25. Like it's, it's Alabama, it's Georgia, it's Ohio state and everybody else. Like the pollsters have no idea what to do. And they just saw win you skyrocket you know Kentucky beat Miami Ohio look bad in the first half you're not moving type thing so mm-hmm. the polls mean nothing this early but it, yeah this I don't know this game is just it has a it has a bigger feel 
than most September football games do. And I think that's because of the hype that Florida has, but in the quiet confidence of Kentucky. And Kentucky won in the Swamp in 2018. Yep. But even like you say, going into the game last year, it was still a hope to beat Florida. Yep. We hope we can beat them. Haven't beat them in Lexington since 1986. <laughs> so it, was, it wasn't an ex- expectation to beat them last year. It was, well, we hope we can. But now, like you said, this year is you expect to beat them. And I think it that carries over from Stoops. You know, he, he saw them every year at Florida State and Miami. Yep. It's not like the mystique bothers him. He's been matching up with them pretty well for years. Should have some more W's against them. Like you said, one was a, a clock error operator error. Then you had the, you know, uncovering a couple of receivers twice. That was, you can't. You can't make that up. Yep. 14 and then nine game. Yeah, 14-9 game with Patrick Toles. Just just get one drive. So yeah. But there, you know, so Mark Story wrote a column about it in her leader with the talking about the heartbreak, plenty of that. But he has given a lot of joy. Last year was straight joy. The eight false yeah. starts, the block field goal, the win in the swamp, Cash Daniels popping the beer. <laughs> so all of that. He's, you know, so it's it's turned around. Shifted. It is shifted. And, you know, yeah. Florida fans want to say a blind squirrel finds a nut and all that kind of stuff, but it's it's not as one-sided or as much of a no. laugher as they as it used to be. No, not at all. It hasn't been a laugher since other than the 2016 game and probably 2013 in the Stoops era. I mean, it just hasn't. Um and he'll never say it. Mark Stoops hates Florida, man. He's, he just comes off differently during Florida week. Like, he doesn't have this same, like, look in his eye when even when they play Georgia. I think there's a lot of respect for Kirby Smart. I, I don't see it as much, like, you know, going into LSU last year or whatever. I mean, Louisville, yeah, but I don't know. There's something about Mark Stoops. And probably, like you said, it's because he's worked at Miami. He's worked at Florida State. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he's at Kentucky where, you know, the monkey was on his back to beat Florida for – you know, the first six years of his tenure, whatever that was, six or seven years, and then just historically since 86. So, yeah, you can tell this me- this game always means a little bit extra to him. He'll never admit it, but I can just you get the vibe. Um, they're going to cut. Yeah, they're just not going to be afraid. And I don't think I, I, I just it's the temperature like with Roman Harper, man. I just don't get how one game changed so much. Like, I do understand how big a win that was, but like, like I said, the one through three in the rankings, everyone else, it's a crapshoot. Like, we didn't know. I I thought you saw, I had Utah as a playoff team, but I didn't really know. It was kind of a guess. And I I don't know. You just watched, you watched that game and both teams were pretty sloppy. Florida was less sloppy and had way better quarterback play outside of, you know, outside of Anthony Richardson stuff. I just don't see how Florida looked like world beaters outside of the quarterback. I really don't. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, did Kentucky struggle to rush the ball? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Were they maybe holding a little bit back? Maybe. Uh, Hopefully. But now for him to say he's, I mean, they're, they're soft and they're, I don't, it's not as bad or as good as it seems. I think it's somewhere in the middle. There were, you know, we talk about our guy Van House. There were, there were just a few little misses, just a few yeah. off in the, in the, the pass blocking and pass protection where big plays were there to be had. Uh, 
we see we talked with with Jalen about the biggest jump from week one to week two and yep. how things can be cleaned up. So we'll we'll see. You know, you're going up against a much better opponent. You're on yep. their home field, so all that is going to factor oh, in. No. But these guys, these new guys in the O line, you can't have experience until you get experience. They got some last week. They're gonna get a lot more this week. But as far as you know how to play together as a unit. We saw Coach Yenzer talking about getting the best five out there. That's that still to, kind yeah. of work in process and progress. And um, I think they will put out put forth a better showing yeah. all the way around, especially on the ground. I don't I don't expect fifty yards rushing against Florida, even uh, though they have a better front. Yeah, and Florida give up two thirty to Utah. So you gotta feel pretty good. I think they're gonna have to roll Will Levis out a little bit more. I don't think they wanted him to risk anything against Miami, Ohio, but you know, they know this game has bigger stakes. Um, you know, I think Havasi had a couple where he was close to breaking off and either there was a missed assignment blocking wise or he just got tripped up. The turf monster got him on one run. Mm. Um, and then Lavelle Wright, I think they I mean, what everything I've heard is they saw Chris Rodriguez in him when they when they recruited him. Injuries have kind of slowed him down. But if he can get into a rhythm, I think he's a good complimentary back. Um, obviously, they need those two to stay healthy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think that goes without said. I'd also watch out for this. Um, we saw it a little bit uh, at the end of practice Wednesday when they let the media in, but D Beckwith might get some run out of the backfield. I know Mark Stoops hasn't talked about it, but he was practicing taking handoffs. So that's a guy I'd watch for it, especially in the red zone, maybe to mix things up a little bit, but um, it, yeah, I think, and I also think Kenneth Horsey, who I know it was a mixed bag in the Citrus Bowl left tackle, but his experience um, is huge at left tackle. And, you know, I like David Wildbog. I think he's going to have a good career eventually, but he just wasn't ready yet. And that's okay. He's a redshirt freshman who played two games last year and that's fine. They had to, they gave him a shot. It didn't work out. You go to Horsey here. And I think at some point this year, can't uh, can't a good one will be the starting left tackle. It's just not going to be this week because uh, they are not going to throw him out in the swamp for his first start. That's just not a way. Yenzer even said it, that, that that's a way to get guys' confidence wrecked, and you don't want that. So I think they're they're doing exactly what they need to do. I think their best five right now. I thought I thought Flax played a really good game, which he hasn't played that well in the past. So that's a good sign. I think um, obviously Manning and Cox played a good game, and outside of one pressure, Jagger Burton was great. So um, I, I think they do have their best five right now, which is huge, and that should definitely help with the run, and it, it needs to help with the pass protection through because with pass protection too, because if you give Vula his time, Florida's corners are not. They have a really good safety in Trey Dean but their corners are not great. And Tavion Robinson, Dane Key, Barry on Brown. I, I'm trying to think, man, can you think of a better trio on, at least on paper and the way they were able to prove themselves a bit, especially Tavion last week. That's a hell of a trio. Like that is a really, really good trio. I mean, last year was all, I mean, Ali was okay, but yeah. it was all on Wandale. It was all on Wandale. Is it? You got to go back. Like we got Keenan Burton, Stevie Johnson, and yeah, and Tammy, but he was a tight end, right? If you want, I mean, maybe I think twenty fourteen, you had Javest Blue, you had Dorian Baker had a really good year, and somebody else maybe uh, uh, Garrett Johnson. Yeah, yeah, but Baker never did get to where we thought. No, he he never did. He won the EKU game, but thank God. Yeah, (laughs) there was you kept waiting for him to get to that level. And stay there, and he just never quite never did. 
Um, but yeah, going back to the old line too, there was just guy you're supposed to go go on the second level and get a guy and they ran past the guy on the second yeah. level. And Wallabog did that like three yeah. times, man. Smoke, Smoke's kind of expecting him to make the block and oh no, this dude is coming free. So yeah, that kind yep. of stuff. Uh, I think they can get that kind of stuff cleaned up and, and be too. okay. And Levis, we talked on the recap episode about how Levis was disappointed in that 300-yard passing <laughs> game. So I think, you know, sometimes some plays that he missed on where, he, you know, uh, the play with too much mustard on the ball, a couple of Oh, the one that Justice Dingle, yeah. yeah. I think he's going to kind of have that better. He'll he'll be more of a flow. And uh, so, yeah, Kentucky's got every reason to be confident. Sure, we're looking through blue tinted glasses a little bit, but it's we. There's no reason for Kentucky. They got the roster. They do, and they're and they beat them last year. Like I I understand, it's a different venue and a different quarterback, but they beat them last year. (laughs) I mean, and and you know what? The Kentucky's offense didn't even play very well in that game. And I, I, and I mean, Wandale had a great play, but outside of that, I think Levis had under 100 passing yards. That's not going to happen. That's just not. Uh, When you get a first year coach. We all remember Stoops' first year. The cover was bare, but every first year coach, you're gonna get your teeth kicked in. Kentucky went two and ten. Uh, you know, Pruitt at Tennessee didn't he struggled. Billy Napier Dan Mullen lost his first game to Kentucky. Yeah. His first his yeah. first SEC game at Florida. Yeah. And I know he was at Mississippi State before that, but his first SEC game at Florida yeah. was the twenty eighteen streak ender. So Florida first year under Napier, but still is just his second game as their coach. Yeah, first SEC game. His culture is not completely in no. place. Dan Mullen mailed it in last year. They were a train wreck. <laughs> so yeah. I give him credit for what he's done, but I still think sure. he's gonna take his lumps as his first year as Florida's head coach. Now he might prove me wrong and they might go eight and four, nine and three, and I'll be like, whoa, Billy Napier, my bad. Yeah, yep. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta see him do that before, sure. I keep it. you know, and it starts Saturday. So that, that's exactly right, and that's why I put, that's why I, you know, I have LSU, I had LSU finishing sixth in the West, and I had Florida finishing fifth in the East because it's so hard to get it done as a first-year head coach, especially in the best conference by yeah. miles. Yeah. I mean, it's just a different league, and. You know, obviously, again, an you don't take any – no, they have nothing to apologize for. They deserved that game last week. They had a – I mean, their quarterback, again, amazing, a lot of good things. But it, it, I just – it's just hard to fully buy into a hype train and see, like, all this love for them after one game. And I think, I think part of it is, you know, the national media and, you know, Florida, they're just dying for these big brands to get good again. Like it was, it, it, I will admit, like it'd be good for college football. Florida's good again. It would be good if Florida State and Miami are good again, and yeah. they're all are off to a good start so far. And then, you know, Nebraska, they're done. Just throw them out of the conversation. It would have been nice, but they're, they're done. Uh, Texas is on the rise. I, I don't think it's going to happen this year, but they're coming. And USC is definitely coming. Lincoln Riley is, uh, he's as good a coach I think there is. So. Um, and I think there's that starvation for Florida to be back. And I think it's just, you know, just pump the brakes, you know, and if, if you're Kentucky, that's exactly what you want to do. You want to, you want to make everyone pump the brakes. And, um, I will say this, it, it is good that Kentucky has the chip back on their shoulder because last week you heard Mark Stoop say just, it wasn't that he said the chip on the, there was none. They, it was very businesslike. They knew they were going to win that game. And that's good. You should be confident, and it's good. You're still taking care of business. 
but you need to have something that motivates you. And Kentucky's not in, has never been in the position where they're picked to finish second in the East. They have Chris Doran going out picking them to go 11 and one, and I think beating Georgia. So, like, I, it, they've just never been in this spot. And maybe, like, they got a little complacent last week and kind of knew they were the they were the better team, which they were, but they maybe it was just too much. And this week, now they're the underdog again. I mean, they're five and a half. That they've been as high as a seven point dog. Um, no one's picking them. All the hype is on Florida, and now it's yeah, it's house money again, right? If Kentucky loses, I don't think anyone's anyone in the national media is going to come after Kentucky and say, "Man, wow, they were." Finished, picked to finish second. They suck, overrated, blah, blah, blah. Unless they come out and lay an absolute egg, that's not going to be the conversation. The conversation is going to be, wow, Florida's back. So if you're Kentucky, you can just flip the narrative on Florida and, you know, just keep doing your own thing. And then, you know, you got two weeks where you should have, be able to clean up business and clean right. things up and be 4 0 going into going to Ole Miss. Exactly. Exactly. And I like your point too, what you saw with, with D Beckwith. And I'm, I knew the whole plan, H back and all that, but I I kept yeah. just saying, look, put him back there and, and let's nah, do it. Can he be Derrick Henry? Can he be Eddie George? Give him a shot. And if and, and now maybe with the you know Jefferson going out and and right being yeah. banged up, maybe it kind of dictates that they give him a look there. But I thought he should have got a shot there anyway. Uh, just. You know, you don't see many six four, six five running backs yeah. like that. So if he maybe he yeah. can do it, maybe he's better at H back. They're at practice, they know. But I was like, give him some crap. Give him a shot. Just give it. Yeah. And now it's a necessity. And I think the other guy that's really interesting in this is Michael Drennan. Like I don't know what they really think of him, man. It's like it's kind of upsetting because he was a high four star guy. He was, I think he was the second highest ranked recruit in the class he signed with behind. I can't remember off the top of my head who he was behind, but he was number two. And, you know, I, I don't know what his role is, but it, it, <laughs> you have to have, you have to bring three running backs into a game. You just have to. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we saw that's where Kentucky's been the best, right? 20, 2019 was Rose, Smoke, and um, C-Rod, and obviously Linux quarterback. You know, you had Boom Williams, Saheem King, and Benny Snell. You had Snell, Rose, and um, – forget who the third back on that team was, but they did have a third back. So you always got to have three backs. They don't all have to be great like Rose, Smoke, and C-Rod were that year, but you got to have three capable guys. So whether it's Beckwith or Drennan, they need somebody uh, somebody under Smoke and Wright to be a factor and, you know, keep the defense on their toes. Exactly. So you've been on a couple of Gators podcasts. How are they feeling after one game? What do you see from them? You mentioned the corners are a little bit weak. We talked about uh, Anthony Richardson, what else do you see when you think about the Gators and talk with their members of the media? Yeah, it, they're pretty confident. <laughs> they're pretty confident. Um, they were more fan pods, and that's cool. Like, I obviously, I, I, anyone who does this, it's great uh, to get your name out there and do this thing. But uh, the, I think the first podcast I talked to was more like, you know, this they're going to like blah, blah, blah. Last night it was concern, confident, like, confidence but you know respect for kentucky mm-hmm. um and everyone respects mark stoops which is that's the common theme but florida wise i think their strengths are obviously the quarterback um and then i think their pass rush well, it didn't get home last week but they've got dudes there i mean whether it's brenton cox 
um, Ventrell Miller. I mean, they've got dudes uh, up front. And that's why this is such a pivotal game for Kentucky's offensive line to have their best five and be disciplined and, and be sound because um, that that's the strength of the Florida defense is their their D line and, and some of their linebackers. Um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not too high on their corners. Um, I thought I thought uh, Cam Rising, Utah's quarterback, had a pretty good day outside of the really bad decision at the end of the game, um, and they didn't stop the run. I, you're able to kind of get through the middle, the middle, the nose tackles a little bit where they're really good on the edges. So if you can run the ball at the middle and, you know, have that, and then you're able to be balanced and be unpredictable by mixing in the throw, I, th- I think you're going to be fine offensively. Um, I will say this about their note. They have one nose tackle. I was going through their depth chart. Who's 439 pounds, 439. Like, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. I'm going to get his name while I keep talking here. But uh, uh, they've got they've got size, but uh, Utah was able to run pretty well up the middle last week. And then on the offensive side of the ball, um, we all know what Anthony Richardson is. We can go on and on about him. It's not worth going even further. He, he's great. Um, but they've got three good running backs. Uh, Trevor Tien, who's the brother of uh, – um, unless I just – who's – is it Todd? Trevor, Travis Etienne. He's the brother of Travis Etienne. Uh, I'm in, I'm close enough to Jacksonville. I should know that. But uh, yeah, and you got um, they have the the transfer from Louisiana who followed Billy, uh, and they have another guy too. So the running back room is solid, though they did fumble twice. Uh, Etienne had a fumble, and the kid from Louisiana whose name is slipping me had a fumble too. But then yeah, the, their their biggest question. And they have a great offensive line. That's the other thing. But the biggest question from Florida going into the year personnel wise was who's going to step up at receiver and outside of Ricky Pearsall, who's the slot receiver from Arizona state, it's still the jury's out there. So this is a big game for Kentucky's Nichols, uh, Alex Safari and, and Andrew Phillips uh, mm-hmm. to contain Pearsall. And then it's a huge game for Carrington Valentine, man. It is a huge game because mm-hmm. he, it's kind of, a, it's kind of a weakness on weakness. Uh, where care i mean just calling it what it is florida's not great at the out, out boundary corner and i don't think carrington valentine's a great corner yet and this is a game where he can prove himself and make me eat my crow and i hope i can because he's a hard-working kid um they, he has all the athletic tools but the route you know the biggest thing with him was route recognition and hip and hammer or whatever that the penn state transfer from miami ohio he torched him last week he did i mean there was one good pass breakup but I think that's the key matchup is um, Valentine versus whoever he's on on the boundary. Because if, if Valentine can shut down his side, I feel pretty good about Keegan Smith. And if you can make it, they have to go to Pearsall. Yeah, you're feeling pretty good. Because I'm not really – I don't know all that much about their tight ends, but it's nothing that – it's not Brock Bowers out there. Uh, they'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, we – Kind of stated our case. Think that you know Kentucky's definitely equipped to go down there and handle business. And, oh, they're definitely equipped. Yeah, you know the, the focus will be there as they execute. And in spite of the spread, we kind of think they can go toe to toe and are better in enough areas, you know, or even in enough areas. Yeah, more than hold their own. You know, Florida's gonna have edge here and there, and 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 yeah, you know, maybe in their offensive line, but it's, it's Kentucky's they have a good old line. Good. Yeah, Kentucky's front's very good too though, but it is. Their receivers are weak. Kentucky's corners are question marks. Like you said, the question marks it all matches up. 
Yeah, it it really does. I mean, it's Kentucky's corners versus Florida's receivers. Those are two question marks. Mm-hmm. And our offensive line against their their noses, I think their their interior defensive tackle. They kind of rotate those guys. They play they play a three four. So. Um, yeah, they got to protect the edges, though. That I mean, it's a big game for Kenneth, obviously, and it's a huge game for Jeremy Flax. They got to protect the edges. If you give Will Levis time, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna be fine. He, he's that good. So, yeah, it's it, it, this game is. I it really, I mean, you could break it down. The more I think about it, it's simple, man. You protect Levis, protect Levis, and you'll have a shot. Because I think you can score with Florida, but if you can't, if you aren't able to score. They're going to score enough to win this game. Florida is just because Anthony Richardson and Brad White said it. He's going to make his plays. Like there are going to be a couple plays in there that are like, all right, you know, you tip your cap. It's a matter of limiting those. But if you let them have three of those, and you know that's twenty-one points. Okay, you got to be able to score twenty-one of your own. That's the key. You want to make sure uh, you can score with Florida. Let it get in. I mean, obviously, you want your defense to play well, but if it has to, let it get to a shootout. Like make sure you're scoring with them. Yeah. And the the tight ends for Kentucky uh, are versatile. Yeah. We've heard a lot about them. They can kind of help with the protection if need they be. They need to better this week. If it gets dire, it wasn't great last week. Yeah, yeah. So step up and help your tackles protect if need be. We had, fans been clamoring for t- uh, tight ends and offense for years. We saw a touchdown to a tight end last week. So yeah, Brandon Bates. Yeah, He's that. So uh, they can, and Skangs loves them. We already know he loves it. With we saw what he did with Kittle in the 49ers. and and I hate Bates is the best block in tight end too. This is a big game for him. I, I've, I've actually been Brendan Bates. This is a big game for Brendan Bates. So they and the the big blue wall is is got a bad taste in the mouth. They they saw those sacks they gave up. They know they sucked. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so. Is it as bad as the fans want to say? Maybe not. Is it just a few tweaks here and there? Probably so. Yeah. But they want to rectify how they played last week. And that, that I mean, sure, uh, once the whistle blows and the game starts, all that goes out the window. But they know sure. they're on a mission to, hey, we got to put together a lot better game than we played last week. And we got a more challenging opponent than we had last week. So we, oh, no. we better <laughs> we better step it up. Sure. Yeah, they're, yeah, absolutely, and I, I think you're totally right. They're hungry. They were they were not happy with their performance. You just see uh, Eli Cox is the one who talked to the media after the game. He was not happy, man. Yeah. <laughs> he was not happy. Um, they're motivated to do better, and they have to do better. Again, I really think they're if they play well, Kentucky's got a shot. If they don't, they just don't. I mean, that's the SEC. I mean, it, you know. There's not no games on the SEC slate. Even Vanderbilt this year, you can't get away with poor offensive line play. You right. just can't. So, um, it, it, they. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to be back to the big blue wall. We know, but you know, hold them to two sacks. And, you know, get better. Run for a hundred yards. Just mm-hmm. intermen. Just get better. Small wins. That that that's what you got to see. And the other factor we haven't even talked about is need another big special teams game. I mean, let Matt Ruffalo's got to keep keep going, man. I mean, he looks so much he used to be, oh god, he has an extra point attempt. Is it going to go through to hitting 50 yarders left and right? So, you know, he's got to keep it going and I mean, 
I mean, it's hard to ask Barry on Brown to score another touchdown, but just Tavion Robinson setting tones for drives in the punt return game, uh, having good blocks like they were last week. I thought Cavassi Smoke had an amazing block uh, for the Barry and Brown touchdown. So uh, specials is, is another big area where, so, uh, you know me, I love special teams. It's the most underrated facet of the game. Um, and that could be somewhere where Kentucky has an advantage because from everything I understood, uh, Florida's a work in progress in that aspect. Mm-hmm. So definitely, that they did play great as an entire unit. That was the best unit. All, all, like, from, I mean, the defense played really well for the most part. The offense was mixed, but special teams gets an A plus. <laughs> they really do. They maybe not the punter. He had one bad punt, but everything else was perfect. Special teams wise. And man, Ruffalo just, you know, where did this come from? <laughs> I just, he's not the biggest, strongest dude. He's just, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of a. You know, uh, you don't want to say roly poly, just kind of a just a pudgy old dude. He is, but, yeah. And Chance Poor was the highly touted kid, and he is the number one kicking recruit. He has held him off for years. He's kept that job, and you know, yeah. This is both of their last years. It's over. Yeah. Ruffalo won it, man. And he's going to be the Jackson Smith kid next year. And then he came. He's increased his leg strength coming in this year. I mean, nobody had him. You know, uh, hitting last last week, the field goal he hit. You know, oh, that's what I'm saying. Like he went from remember when the old Miss game when he missed the extra point and Lane Kiffin said he owed him a Christmas present. He went from that low moment to hitting you know a 50 yarder. It's like that's not I'm, that's such an underrated thing. I mean, if you can get three points out of a drive that didn't get as far down the field as he wanted to, and that's big. That's mm-hmm. big. And and he's taking away a lot of stress. You. Used to, he'd run out there and you're like, oh. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ever since McGinnis left, it was, I mean, Miles Butler, we saw how that went. Poor, we saw how that went. Ruffalo, the start, we saw how that went. So, yeah, it's big to have a kicker you can trust. And also, I mean, last year, we're saying all this, last year special teams won the game. You're right. right. Yep. I mean, Pascal's not walking through that door, but yeah. um, special yeah. teams special teams won the game last year. It definitely did. Definitely did. Got to tell y'all, too, about our friends at La Terrain Watches. You got to get yourself a nice timepiece. Go to their website to get it. LaTerrain.com, L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. See what Dave and Ben got to offer. It's going to be good quality products for men, for women, accessories. You can, you know, get whatever different type of style you like. It's not just one. Seafair, Atlas, different types. Go on the website. Hit the chat button, ask any kind of question you want to ask them. They can answer you and give you the information you need to feel confident about your purchase. LaTerrain.com, friends of this podcast, each and every episode, we go back, way back with LaTerrain.com. So definitely check them out. And our good friends at the Sea of Blue put these episodes up on their site, and we definitely appreciate that. So more listeners and BBM fans. That Bleed Blue can listen to AG and I and Jalen when he's on with us, chop it up about the cats, man. So um, have fun definitely previewing this episode. Before we hop off, though, I got to ask you, we got to flip it up. Your your Yankees are up four and a half games. My Braves are up. My Braves yeah. are half a game back. Are they half both going to win their divisions? Yeah, I'm rooting for them. Trust me, I want to give all the crap I can to my Mets fan buddies back home. So uh, I'm rooting for the Braves every day. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the Yankees have been a debacle the last month or so. And are you going to are... hold on, though? Y'all going to hang on? It, it's all this. If they win this series against Tampa Bay this weekend, they will. If they don't, oh, boy. But 
It's hard right now. They got seven, seven of their nine starters are injured or mm -hmm. on, they have two guys on the paternity list. That's just like, and who uh, just went up? Mayhew, the Mayhew just went up. Mayhew's hurt. And Trevino's having a kid, so he's away. It's just a mess. Yeah. And Stanton, or it's a mess. Yeah, his foot. Yeah, your uh, your Giants open up in Nashville, where you just flew out of. How are they gonna fare against the Titans? I'll be there Sunday. They better win. So oh, okay. All <laughs> yeah, right. I'm flying back Sunday to be there. So they better win. But uh, I don't know, man. Uh, they're rebuilding. They're doing it the right way this time. Uh, I just hope they show some things that, that that's getting better. Uh, Tennessee's a tough task week one, though. They got obviously not the I don't think they have the best pass game, but they have the best running back in the league. We all know that in Derrick Henry, and they've got a really good pass rush. I mean, Jeffrey Simmons, uh, no Harold Langer's out, but man, they got some dudes uh, on the and Bud Dupree, obviously. Everyone knows how special he is around our parts. So, yeah, they got a good, they got a good pass rush, and they've got the best running back in the game. So it'll be tough. Our boys open up with Tampa Bay Sunday night. The GOAT. Played them tough last year down they there. They did. Should have won that. Make a field goal. We win. Uh, have a look. Our special teams let us down in that game. I, I, I just got. I got a bad feeling though. I'm. I'm I try to be I'm worried about. Yeah. Uh, something I'd never. You, you know, think about the Cowboys. I'm worried about their offensive line this year. It's oh, just not. Because I mean, even you know, obviously the playoff success hasn't been there, but every year you know you got a good offensive line. You know you're going to run the ball. You know Dak's going to be on his feet. Um, but man, with Smith out and experience, it's just that's it's very undallas like. Yeah, Jason Peters from the Eagles, he's 40 and he's, he's playing that left tackle spot, so yeah, that and the O line and wide receiver who is gonna step up in the outside of CD Lamb, two yeah. and three behind CD. That, yeah. I don't know why they let Cedric Wilson walk, I really liked him and Amari Cooper and yeah. Uh, and Leo Collins, but a lot of, yeah. a lot of uh, I listen, you know, the Believe in Dallas guys, uh, Jesse Holly and and uh, Jeff, he, he's on the fan station down there. They mm -hmm. Jerry was kind of over those guys about the vaccine and stuff, and that was more uh -huh. to make a decision. Come on, man! From a personal standpoint than a business standpoint is what they were saying. So it may come back to bite you now that the season's here. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, who knows, man? All I know is we both hate Philly, and they're going to be really good. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. I'm still thinking maybe Jalen Hurts might not be. Oh, yeah, that, I agree with that. That's what I'm hoping. But every other position group, they yeah. loaded. Man. They're loaded. Was it Chris Sims that had them as the number one seed? Okay, that's the too far. I was like, no, that's uh, That's the guys you're playing tomorrow. Uh, you're playing Sunday night. I, yeah, I, I I would I would make an argument for LA, but last night, and I still think the Rams will be good, but that was that was bad. And Buffalo let them back in it, and then smoked them again. I know they could have been doing what they did at halftime the whole game, and they it shouldn't yep. have been ten to ten. All I'm gonna say is I finally got Cooper Cup in fantasy this year, and it's a blessing. It's a <laughs> blessing. They might have gotten their ass kicked, but 31 points to open the year. I'll, I'll take that any day of the week. Exactly, exactly. And with that, man, we, we got our Gators preview in for this episode of Believe in Kentucky. We'll be back early next week recapping the Florida game, previewing Mark Stoops' 
hometown reunion game with Youngstown. The Bryce Oliver revenge game. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So hope y'all enjoy it. Y'all go to Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. Go right to believe in dot, believe.com, search up Kentucky, and you can just play each and every episode. This one will show up new, and then all the other ones that we've done will be right there behind it, and you can listen to all of those. So we definitely appreciate that. Hope everybody has a good weekend. If it's raining where y'all are like it is where we are, y'all be safe and stay dry. If not, have fun in the sun and stay safe. Get to a TV tomorrow at 7 if you're not in the swamp and enjoy the cats at the Gators. AG man, be safe and yes sir. I'll I'll be rooting for you Giants cuz I don't I don't care for the Titans. I live outside of Knoxville so I'm not a Titan. Yeah, you don't <laughs> don't need the noise. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. <laughs> so until next time, we'll holler at everybody later. For my man AG Aaron Gershon, this is Benny Hardy. It's been another episode of Believe in Kentucky. And we'll holler at y'all next week. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.